You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bam, bam, Billy O'Brien, every Sunday had me crying. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy, Hickman. Hey, guys, help your local businesses, whether they're your local corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business. And look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with contactless Visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. First and foremost, of course, Cody, we got to shout out Joseph Daly for providing us with that amazing yes, sir. record. I hope it goes double platinum, triple platinum. Uh, triple platinum. It, it, <laughs> triple platinum. Because it seems like since Bill O'Brien left last week when he was fired, the entire city of Houston rejoiced uh, throughout the week. We heard of all of the rumors. We heard of all of the stories, but it just seemed like the players were more focused on being looser. But today we are here and ready to discuss the 30-14 Texans victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars, their first win of the season, just a week after the firing of Bill O'Brien on this beautiful Monday. In this victory, Deshaun Watson went 25 for 35 for 359 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, along with 25 rushing yards and a season low of only being sacked one time. Cody, those were some of the points we talked about last week, how they had an opportunity to dominate on both sides of the ball when we looked at the offensive line and defensive line, the big boys up front, only getting sacked once. Brandon Cooks, who was held to zero catches in the Vikings game, had a breakout game hauling in eight catches for 161 yards and one touchdown. Another newcomer who had been struggling, David Johnson, had a total of 103 yards from the line of scrimmage. And defensively, the Texans finally was able to force their first turnover of the year with two forced fumbles along with four sacks. Uh, we know that this team has been atrocious with stopping the run so far this year. They've allowed 181 yards per game on the ground so far. But uh, on Sunday, they only allowed 75 rushing yards for the entire game. And some of the things that we knew going into the game first, we knew Bernard McKinney led the list of players that was out and did not play for the Houston Texans on Sunday, along with tight end Jordan Akins. Also for the Jags, Josh Allen, rookie cornerback C.J. Henderson and Miles Jack, amongst others, were out for the Jags as well. Coming into yesterday's game, we know that the Jags were hovering around the low 20 percentile on third downs, especially the last two weeks. They've been atrocious. Uh, and they also rushed for 104 yards per game, which is something Houston has had trouble with stopping, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, so those are some of the areas of the, of the game that we knew going into yesterday's game. But, you know, they got their first win, Cody. Uh, a sigh of relief. You saw the locker room. You saw how happy everybody 
it was. You saw the dancing. You saw the energy. You saw Houston get back to how Houston and the players actually want to play football, and it showed on the field. There were a few things I was looking for in this game, right? Uh, number one, the potency of the offense with the absence of Bill O'Brien. That was the number one thing I think everybody was looking for uh, with Bill O'Brien gone and Tim Kelly having the opportunity to not be handcuffed. We already know that Romeo Cornell said he's going to allow him to call the game how he wanted him to call it. Uh, number two, defensive progression, regression, or no change at all. And also, lastly, I wanted to look and see, did Romeo Cornell make a change in the staff, players, and overall production and product that was on the field? And why did I choose those things? Well, we know that throughout last week, we've heard, we spoke about, or we speculated stories, rumors, or reasons why O'Brien led this team to the 0-4 start. From the offensive struggles to the shouting matches with J.J. White and Anthony Weaver, even players coming out uh, and saying that from an undisclosed player that they're playing uptight and they're not as loose as they would like to be. So I wanted to focus on those areas to see if the start of saving this season started with removing the cancer from this body of players, which was Bill O'Brien. And, and, and to be completely honest with you, I saw a lot of change as the game went on. And we're going to talk about the offense, of course, Cody. We're going to talk about the defense. I want to let you go ahead and, and dive right in. First and foremost, can I just give a shout out to Tim Kelly and Romeo Cornell because I know both of them did an awesome job calling plays on the offense. And this is the first time that I can honestly say that the Houston Texans did not look conservative and they did not look predictable. And that is part of the reason why that they came away victorious in this 30 to 14 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this game proved that a, Bill O'Brien was still calling plays in the first four games of the season. And B, Tim Kelly is trying to create that type of offense that we are dying to see Deshaun Watson play in. And we saw him multiple times throughout the game target his receivers down the field. Although one of them ended in an interception, you can see that they wanted to make those explosive plays, those plays that we see in Baltimore, the plays that we see in Kansas City. You can see Tim Kelly and Deshaun Watson, they are starting to cook on that play. And speaking of cook, he's in the kitchen. He's, he's, he's stirring up the pot. Things are starting to get a little warmer here in the city of Houston. But you can see a very big difference in the offense because first and foremost, in the first half, you can see that Tim Kelly was still trying to use a balanced offense. But the fact that the running game wasn't there in the second half, he focused more on the passing game over the running game. In the second half, they threw the ball 17 times versus attacking the ball on the ground 11 times. And by the way, four of those 11 came in the fourth quarter and the final possession of the Texans' victory. So my favorite play of this game and possibly everybody's favorite play of the game is the fact that Romeo Cannell and Tim Kelly saw fit to go forward on fourth and four when Deshaun Watson connected with Brandon Cooks on that 28-yard touchdown drive. And those are the type of plays I want to see more of because if this was a quote-unquote Bill O'Brien's offense, we know so good and well he would have kicked the field goal or he probably would have drew up something stupid that could have forced a turnover. And to be honest with you, John, the Jaguars were still kind of in that game. I believe the Texans at the time was only up by, I believe it was either eight or nine points. So, if the Texans did not convert on that, the Jaguars were still in that game. But the fact that 
Romeo Cannell and Tim Kelly, not only did they believe in their players, but you have a quarterback in Deshaun Watson. You have the personnels to create that type of play, and that's what I love to see. We finally seen the Texans go out there and take risk. That's what I want to see because, once again, you have the personnel. You have the quarterback. And like Deshaun Watson said in his press conference, you know, a lot of times it's not going to work out in the Texans' favor. As I mentioned, the guy threw two interceptions. One of them, I believe he threw it in double coverage on Will Fuller, um, and I believe it was Randall Cobb, if I'm not mistaken, that was wide open. But I like the risk on offense that the Houston Texans did. And real quick, before I give the flow back to you, John, I want to say this. You mentioned that David Johnson had, what was it, 100 and something yards um, from behind the line of scrimmage. 96 of those yards came off of 17 carries. You know, (laughs) I don't want to sound mean, but I I am ready to jump off this David Johnson train. And I say that because, yes, you look at the box score, you look at what he was able to do this game, and you might think to yourself, man, he had a really good game. But to be honest with you, John, he was not that efficient. And he had 96 yards. 42 of those rushing yards that he recorded came in during the Texans' final possession of the game. They gave him the ball three times. He had that huge play. I believe he had ran for, it was a total of 29 yards, and it was another play he ran for 11 yards. He ended the game in that in that final possession with 42 yards. That's at least 40 to 45% of his total yardage coming in that final possession when the game was already in hand. When you take away those 42 yards that he recorded late in the game, the man is only down to 54 rushing yards on 14 carries, averaging less than four yards per carry. You know, and... I, I was real high on David Johnson, man, but I'm about to jump off this ship because it really, it's really frustrating to watch him play because he really doesn't make that much. Like he, he really doesn't affect the Texans in a positive way on offense. And it's very frustrating when I think back to the past decade in a run game that the Texans had Aaron Foster, Alfred Blue, Lamar Miller, Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, that tandem that we saw last year. It's very disappointing to see what the Texans have in their run game this year. He had a solid game, but I just want to see more. But I'm kind of feeling like the more that I want to see, I'm not going to be able to see it because he's not able to show it. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. They remember your order, call you by name, and they're always giving back, making the difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, coding and listeners at home, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at a local business. And while you're at it, look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with the contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. Well, you know, I want to hit on something that you mentioned. You mentioned the fourth and four play with four minutes around 45 seconds left uh, in the game. That was absolutely the play of the game. That was absolutely the play that could, could be the, I'll put it like this, do you remember the play in the playoffs this past year when J.J. Watt got that sack? And do you remember what that did for the team? And I mean, it completely turned the team up. 
And so I look what the what Cornell and Tim Kelly did with four minutes left, for around 45 seconds, fourth and four, allowing Deshaun to go back out there. That was the play of the game. That was not only the play of the game, but that could possibly be the play that gives this offense, for one, the trust in the players, but also with the coaching staff. All right, and, and like you mentioned, we know Bill O'Brien would have kicked that field goal in, if he was in that position because he would have played not to lose instead of now putting the ball in his star QB's hand and allowing him to play and make a play. And so that was very important. Um, but to get back at what happened offensively, early on in the game, it was very you, – you saw the, the, the fingerprints of Bill O'Brien, specifically in that first, first half, right? Um, which was kind of expected if we we're going to be honest about it. He just left seven days ago. This team is still used to his routines. And so they had to do a, a good job, which they did of breaking out of that. But you also saw the change of tempo throughout the game. You saw the change of energy. And one thing I loved was Tim Kelly using more motion to open up the run game and, and making it a bit easier for Johnson to find those running lanes and excel. Uh, that executed read option play there was, uh, I think that was a third down play as well. We saw that fail last week. He stayed to it this week and it worked out. I love that he also did a good job of running Johnson towards the tackles and not so much up the A-gap. Now, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think that the David Johnson train is still chucking as much as we thought it would be in the preseason, in the offseason rather, but the second half for Deshaun Watson was much more efficient. He was much smoother in that second half. And the play call, it was simple for him to be free and not put too much strain on him to make the decisions. Deshaun Watson did a very good job of going through his reads. But we've seen before where there's there's so much for him to, to do in process. And as an NFL quarterback, we are expecting you to do that. However, your quarterback has been – and hit way too many times. And so I'm reminded of two plays, two third down plays back-to-back when they had that 17-play drive. It ended up only getting three points. But in those plays, there was a formation switch on third and one at the six-minute mark in the first quarter, and then third and short around the four-and-a-half-minute mark in the first quarter. Houston had two great, two great play calls, very knowledgeable of the situation, Third and short, third and short, let's move the change. Uh, seeing more five wide receiver sets was, was very positive. Just the overall difference in the offense that they approached the game with. Now, of course, it took some time for it to actually catch on and take that three points to 10 and 10 to 13 and 13 to 20, and, you know, so on and so forth. It took them a while to get that mojo going. But offensively, this, this team looked different. Now, granted, the Jacksonville Jaguars were without their three best players defensively, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to count that against the Texans because this was the game that they needed to kind of tool themselves up, and they had a difficult time coming into this season getting prepared for a lot of the new things that they had to learn. But overall, this was a great game for Houston offensively. They showed how they can be explosive the capability of every man doing their job. And I love the fact that Brandon Cooks got eight catches. Will Fuller got four catches. Fails got two catches and a big touchdown. Randall Cobb got six catches. One catch for Kenny Stills. One catch for David and Duke Johnson. Everybody had the opportunity to touch the ball today. 
And with this offense, how it was built throughout the offseason, that is very important. We cannot be one-siding anymore. And just like Brandon Cooks had eight catches for 161 yards and one catch and one touchdown, rather, the next week it can be Will Fuller in that position. One week we're going to see Kenny Steele's have a game, right? Everybody doing what they need to do collectively is going to continue to push this offense further and further. I'm happy for the Houston Texans. I'm happy that they got their first win. And one thing that Deshaun Watson said, we set the tone early. I think that is the quote for me for this offense and for the Houston Texans being able to save their season. The reason why the defense was able to look so good is the fact that the offense went out and did their job. Finally, because that is part of, if not the main reason why the Texans defense looked very bad through the first four games, especially in the run game, because they was giving up, I believe, coming into this game, they was giving up average of 90 rushing yards in the fourth quarter alone. That was because the offense was not doing their job. The offense went out, did their job. And we saw a difference in the defense today. Speaking of the run defense, like I've been preaching this whole entire time, the run defense is not as bad as the stats show. And it showed today. They held the Jacksonville Jaguars to 75 rushing yards, even though they did give up 33 in the first quarter. And I was kind of nervous about that, I must say. But the fact that they held them to 75 rushing yards in this game really said a lot. And I'm kind of disappointed knowing that they did not get a sack. But the amount of times that the Texans front seven pressured Gardner Minshew, I loved it. They put him in a lot of uncomfortable situations. But I do want to say this, though. The secondary gave up too many big plays in that second half. And that was part of the reason why the Jacksonville Jaguars were able to stay in the game as long as they did is because the secondary kept giving up huge plays. However, I do want to say this. The defense did play good. But Lady Luck was on the Texans' side. The fact that Jacksonville could not convert two field goals and they committed a costly fumble, played out in the Texans' favor, finally. I'm not taking nothing away from the Texans winning this game, especially how great their defense played, but you have to think, if two of those three misfortunes works out in Jacksonville's favor, you and I could be sitting here talking about a very different outcome of this game. Yeah, before I get to the secondary, I want to say that with McKinney being out for this game, Terrell Adams, who is normally a special teams player, he had a great game with 13 tackles. And early on, and moments throughout the game, even though they minimized it, the defense still had a difficult time with getting off the field. Uh, one drive, the first touchdown for Gardner Minshew, uh, he was 8-8 eight and eight on that first TD drive for the Jags. And uh, he was just making plays. I, I get it. But it still shows how much this team has to grow defensively. Uh, but I will say that, like, with Terrell Adams having a good game, Vernon Hargraves played outstanding yesterday. He's still growing into the role he wants to be in. And eventually where Houston wants him to be, we know that Garyon Conley should be coming back at some point. Uh, Lonnie Johnson played, had a very good game back there. It's, it's like he was playing the nickel and safety a few times, a little bit of a hybrid 
DB back there, but Vernon Hargraves had a very good game. And Eric Murray needs to be replaced. I mean, him and Michael Thomas, but Eric Murray definitely needs to be replaced at that safety position. Uh, there was some suspect coverage, bad angles on missed tackles, but they did an excellent job containing the X factors like Chenault and Robinson. I mentioned how important it was for Romeo Cornell to kind of establish just something new, bringing that energy that's going to spread throughout this team. And it showed on the field because they were gang tackling. Like I've never seen them gang tackle this year. And I loved it because, I mean, I think they understand that they are having issues with tackles. They're having a lot of missed tackles. And so I saw on plenty of occasions just a player swarming to the ball. You saw the defense having more effort. I mean, whether it was the front four, the linebacking core, and even the DBs that struggled at times. I mean, they made plays. And I look at Jacob Martin, who had a very good game. I look at Zach Cunningham, who I think he has three sacks on the season, which was his total for last year. I'm looking at Whitney Merciless. I'm looking at the effort that this defense continued to play with. And you're right. Since the offense was able to have drives that lasted 17 plays for one, eight plays for one, nine plays for, you know, they were able to sustain drives that allowed a couple things. It allowed the defense to stay off the field and catch your breath. And then it also allowed the defensive coaches, whether it was your positional coach or whether it was Anthony Weaver, your DC, it allowed them to coach them up. That's why you saw the defense effort and production got better throughout the game. Right. They were able to communicate what you need to do better. They were able to communicate and give those players some pointers, especially like Terrell Adams, who had 13 tackles. And he, like I said, he's normally a special team guy, especially like a Michael Thomas, especially like uh, Brennan Scarlett, uh, Vernon Hargraves, who I want to shout out again. He had a very good game with two pass deflections and uh, just continuously getting better and better for Houston, especially like Lonnie Johnson, who had a very good game. They're going out there for the first four games, and they just haven't been able to kiss your breath. The offense finally gave that defense an opportunity to catch your breath, learn on what they're doing, correct their mistakes, and then go back out there and fix it. And so you got to give kudos to both sides of the ball yesterday because both sides said, hey, you know what, bro? I'm going to look out for you today. You got my back. I got your back. Okay, we got each other's back. I just need for you to go out there and stay on the field for a while. Let us catch our breath. So by the time we come back on here, we'll be able to kind of get you guys right back on the field. And, and early on, like I mentioned, you saw how difficult it was for Houston because they had that drive where Gunnar Mishu went eight for eight and threw that touchdown. But it got difficult for him over and over. And Anthony Weaver dialed up some amazing blitzes yesterday. Give him credit. He saw the weakness of having two young uh, left and right tackles. He saw that weakness and he exploited it. I give him kudos. I give this defense kudos for playing with energy and heart. And now I'm just asking myself, was it all a game? Was it all a secret plot to get Bill O'Brien out of here in the first place? Because, you know, who knows? <laughs> but kudos to the defense. How often do you use excuses like, I had a long day at work, or oh, I'm just not feeling it. It isn't easy to talk about erectile dysfunction, but Roman makes it easy to discuss and treat ED. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. 
Healthcare professionals will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you a real medicine with free two-day shipping. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn to get $50 off your first month of ED treatment and a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. I told you guys about Built Bar, how great Built Bar is, but also left out some very important details that you need to know. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, six new flavors, which includes my favorite, the caramel brownie, along with the cookies and cream. My grandmother loves that one. They still have the 12 original flavors, the raspberry, the German chocolate, along with the peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And this is for the healthy, conscious guy like myself who wants to lose weight but doesn't want to give up a lot of the sweets, right? You can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and great for a keto diet. And here's another thing Bill Bar is doing for their customers right now. You get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last, which is only for a few weeks or so. So, so go ahead and hop on that right now. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked On to get $10 off your next order. Hey, Michael, congrats on the win. Um, in what you know, ways do you feel the defense was a bit more efficient this game versus the previous right. four games? Yeah, I think, you know, we just had it uh, put it on ourselves that, we had to go out there and execute. We had to finally go out there and believe in the game plan. We had to believe that what we said the other team was going to do, that they're going to do, and this is the defense that we need to be in and execute that and stop them. And I think that's what happened. We finally believed in the game plan. We finally went out there and executed at a high level. When, when the plays were there to be uh, made, players made the play. When you, if you had to set the edge, players set the edge. If you had to make the tackle, players made the tackle. I think that was the difference in this game. And with that, you know, it was more energy. Uh, guys fed off of each other. There was some, you know, we had a couple of injuries. So, you know, some new guys that were uh, stepped up in roles. I think Terrell Adams played a hell of a game today. As my brother, especially, you know, we battled out on special teams a lot. So it was great to see him flying around out there uh, making plays. And, you know, everybody just fed off of each other today. The man said it was at all a plot to get Bill O'Brien out of here. <laughs> man, you know, at the end of the day, man, it, it's – it, it was fun to watch the Houston Texans not only play good on both sides of the ball, but they finally got a dub. And you could finally just take that, that sigh of relief, man. And if they could continue doing this, possibly they could be the first team since the 92 Los Angeles Chargers, who started off 0-4 into the season 11-5 and made the playoffs. So, you know, after the game, one of the main things almost everybody talked about from J.J. Watt, Romeo Cannell, Deshaun Watson, Michael Thomas, everybody talked about the importance of carrying not only just this victory, but the way that they played this game and just to continue build off it because the season isn't done. And if you think about it, you look at our division, Jacksonville, I highly doubt that they go on a, a, a late run. Tennessee, I mean, my God, I, I hope they get canceled. They don't need to they, play another game. They might just get canceled. And we're going to talk about this more tomorrow, but Tennessee is next on our schedule. And not only do we play the Titans, we have to go to Tennessee. And I'm to the point, you know what? Let's just call that game off. I Oh, man, you know. But like I said, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. But 
So you you looking at our division, the only team that we can kind of worry about right now is the Indianapolis Colts. And they actually lost to the Cleveland Browns. So believe it or not, the AFC South is still pretty much up for grabs for the Houston Texans. And, you know, like I mentioned, the main thing that they talked about is not only carrying over this win, this victory, but carrying over all the good things as the foundation, starting fresh, using this as the foundation and building off of this game. So I'm actually kind of excited to see what the future has in store for the Houston Texans in this next, what, 11 to 12 weeks. But it's just so crazy how you remove one person and the whole attitude, the whole dynamic of the team changes. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. A couple of things I want to mention for yesterday's game is Houston's offense. In the first game without Bill O'Brien, they scored on six out of nine drives. And on every drive after that first one, they did not end with a turnover. Zero, three and outs yesterday, and only one punt, right? Also, Romeo Cornell has now become the first coach in NFL history to win two debuts as an interim coach. And I also want to mention one thing that was very funny to me, actually hilarious. During the broadcast, the commentators were mentioning how there were 13,000 fans at the stadium. They put the list of rules that everybody had to wear a mask, right? The camera panned directly to a visitor at the NRG who paid their good money without a mask on. And it sat there for like two seconds. I thought that was hilarious, but ultimately mask or no mask, Houston got it done in front of the fans yesterday. And we are super happy for this group of men because they had to endure a lot during the first four weeks. And so to be able to get that win, I'm hoping that it continues to spread throughout the locker room, throughout the front office, throughout the entire organization. And the organization is something that we will talk about later this week because Jack Easterby is not to be trusted. Also, Kyle McNair is bringing in somebody, can't wait to talk about that, to help him with the GM search, which will then lead to the GM finding a head coach. But your star quarterback has already mentioned who he wants to coach him next year. So as we got to prepare for the rest of the season, week by week, day by day, game by game, there's still things internally that Houston has going on that needs to be resolved before it becomes a real problem. A whole lot of things to talk about this week, but I cannot wait to dive into all of those here on Locked On Texans. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. But as always, please remember to follow Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Megaphone, Spotify, and all of your favorite podcast streaming services. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, like the song says, bye-bye, Bill O'Brien. Peace. Bye-bye, Billy O'Brien.
You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.